Good morning or good afternoon, kings and queens, princesses and prince. It's day 22 on our joy series. So let's drop the mic on joy. This time, receiving the real lift up in our circumstances. So we're going to look at joy, receiving the real lift up in our circumstances. The first scripture that I want you to just think about in meditation is coming from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When God is quarterbacking our stuff, he gives us joy and peace. And remember, this is part two from yesterday. In this, in this part two, I would like to come to you as one woman to another just keeping things real just another person thinking about stuff as in the words of nanny helen barrow and the american association of colored women lifting as we climb that is advocating for women's rights as lifting and improving the status of African Americans. While this message that she wrote back then, or the organization wrote back then was for women, I can't forget about my dear men who are kings and need to continue to hear words to reboot, to soothe and to, to soothe the sores and wounds while letting Jesus quarterback their stuff and our stuff so we can not only game change but make it to and beyond the finish line and have a legacy to our offspring to others for generations to come life will cause turbulence but we can still keep things moving in spite of looking at the humiliating events that hit King David when his when his son Absalom led a revolt against him was something else in my opinion. Thinking about King David, he had reigned for decades and one and as one of the most powerful monarchs in the world. His military was legendary. He had extended Israel's dominion far beyond its borders. He had become fabulously wealthy, living in a palace of breathtaking splendor with his many wives and servants. He had absolute authority of life or death over everyone with whom he had dealings. No one dared to get on his bad side. But then David sinned with Bathsheba and ordered the death of her husband, Uriah. Although David subsequently repented when the prophet Nathan confronted him, David's sins set in motion a series of God-ordained devastating consequences. 
Stay with me. David's oldest son, Amnon, raped his half-sister, Tamar. Tamar's brother, Absalom, took revenge by murdering Amnon. Absalom fled into exile for several years, but later was permitted to return. But after his return, David, King David, refused to see his wayward son for two years. The resentment built and Absalom began to court the disgruntled people in the kingdom, offering himself as a more sympathetic leader than his powerful father was. Finally, Absalom pierced together a strong conspiracy. David realized that to survive, he had to flee the capital immediately with all of his supporters and their families. All of his servants and their little ones hastily grabbed what they could and took off towards the wilderness. David followed them, weeping and walking barefoot with his head covered in shame. To add insult to injury, a man named Shimei from the family of David's predecessor, King Saul, came out as David passed by. He cursed at David, threw stones at him, and cursed him, accused him of being a worthless man who had bought, brought about his own downfall by being a man of bloodshed. And you can read more about this and study these chain of events in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and 16. Anyway, it was David's most traumatic, humiliating experience in his entire life. Everything that he had spent his life working for has suddenly unraveled. Many whom he had thought were allies and friends um, had abandoned him and sided with his rebellious son. And the most painful wound of all was the treachery and the betrayal of Absalom. It brought home to David his own failure as a father. One son was murdered, a daughter was raped, and the murderer was now after his own father's life, in addition to his kingdom. Life was definitely falling apart for King David. So, what about us? What do we do when life falls apart? Just sit and think about that for a minute. We all have our stuff. Few of us have gone through anything close to the trauma that David experienced. But in lesser ways, you probably had times when you could identify with David. 
Don't forget David's pathology. Don't forget your family pathology. That's what I want to say. That is the ongoing transgenerational dysfunction that seems ordinary. Maybe it's the raggedy family attachment styles and hidden spaces, cluttered rooms, and closets that tell hidden stories and trauma. Maybe it's the ongoing weight gain that won't stay at a a healthy measure. There's more and, and more ongoing stories that we can talk about. So again, I ask you, when the bottom falls out, it is important to tap into our inner being. That is, first, acknowledging our current disposition. It's not about another but about ourselves right now. We find our true protection when we can get our inner being on balance. To begin the process, it may take external help, such as spiritual support, mental health support, a trusted family member, and a trusted friend to support us. With good support, we're able to reboot over time and heal from the disaster and discomforts. Remember, David wrote Psalms 3. He wrote a psalm. Maybe that's why he was called a man after God's heart. Some scholars call Psalm 3 a mourning psalm and Psalm 4, which may have been written at the same time, an evening psalm. Perhaps David wrote Psalm 3 just after he crossed the Jordan, waiting, awaiting the inevitable battle with Absalom's forces. Verse 5 in the same psalm hints, hints that he wrote it after waking up safely after a good night's sleep. When life falls apart, you can experience God's peace by laying hold of Him in believing prayer. It takes hard to live in even ordinary times. Today, as we continue to just reflect on our lives and study this word, let us find encouragement in what is good both around us and inside of us. Today, let us rest on our own warmth, compassion, and kindness, resting in the caring for us from others, love flowing in and love flowing out. Today, let us be courageous, wholehearted, and strong-hearted, going forward wisely, even when anxious knowing our own truth and as we can speak it. Today, let us recognize that when we take heart, we're more able to deal with challenges like aging, illness, trauma, and all kinds of conflict. While it takes hard to live in this world many times when things come about, live with and live up beyond times that are really hard. Our personal hard time might be 
bad news about your health or our health, I should say, the death of a parent or a betrayal or some other things. Or it could be related to changes in our country and the world around us and many other concerns. Life happens. However, let's not lose our joy. Let's be about able to come out over, around, and on top with dignity, principle, and courage. Our joy and love will clothe us with dignity, principle, and courage. That is the dash between our birth date and death date. What others will remember most about us. Our hardship isn't cause for questioning God's will. Our hardship is cause for rejoicing because through it, God is bringing us about in our life and allowing us to have fullness in it. And I want to remind you to read in your private time Romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 5. And tomorrow we will continue on with other spaces that may that allows us to um, just have God go deeper with us and allow us to clean out the old and the raggedy and the mold mildew in our lives so we can be better beings. Sit and think about this. Have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord. And tell someone you love them and really mean it. God bless.